0: It is time, pour that wine so you are feeling fine. Kick up your feet and take a seat. Fancy a blather? Let's have one together. Hello and welcome or welcome back to Smalltalk. And welcome to the first official guest episode of the season. So later on in the episode, for the main part of the episode, we will be chatting with my dear friend Essie. I like to think of her as a hockey legend um, and an all-round great gal and somebody who's just very knowledgeable in the world of sport, and uh, is just a woman killing the game in sports. So yeah, stay tuned for that. But now we're going to jump straight into our intro. Okay, so first up, a little bit of news, housekeeping, whatever you want to call it. Obviously, as you probably realized, the podcast has changed its posting day and um, I've just been playing around with yeah different things about the podcast that I kind of like and dislike. and I always feel like I'm really rushing at the weekend to get it out and I'd rather schedule it for a weekday and have something good because obviously I don't I can't really get a lot of recording or anything done um well I get recordings done during the week with guests but like I can't edit and do things effectively during the week with teaching so um I'm now going to be posting Mondays at 5 p.m so the end of your long Monday you can sit down grab a glass of white and just listen to us have a blather. so that is the plan um so now fancy Blather is coming out on Mondays at 5 p.m every week um, for the foreseeable future, and Small Talk is staying Wednesdays at 5pm, so you've got us for, for your original hump day, which is the Monday, and for the other hump day that tough people talk about, which is the Wednesday. So it's a fun-filled time. I am um, trying to think if I have any other updates. I'm still living a life in lockdown, and my parents, um, not really much to say about that, still doing online classes at the moment, for another a couple of weeks at least um by turn 24 on Wednesday crazy I don't really know that I ever really felt 23 I suppose I spent most of this year and in, in a world pandemics so I suppose I said in some ways I feel like I've aged 20 years in other ways I feel like I've, I've aged like two weeks so yeah so that's exciting so the new episode for small talk will be coming out on the day of my birthday and just so you know I was born at like 5.37 or something or 27 so it's am getting released at 5 so have a glass of wine and celebrate me being 24 heck even do it at 5.27 or whatever if you want so that is that and um, more exciting news we are rebranding just a little bit nothing too crazy and um, but we're gonna have a relaunch on Wednesday very exciting we've got a new podcast cover for small talk coming out we're just updating the graphics on the instagram i just don't like the look right now i just think we could polish it up a lot um please bear in mind though i am not qualified in any way for any of these things so it's still not going to be amazing but i'm doing my best and um, yeah and hopefully we will also have a new main show episode so um a new fancy brother podcast cover as well would be amazing and we're just gonna we're gonna update everything we're gonna relaunch the graphics on the website too which is exciting the transcriptions from previous seasons I'm afraid will not be coming for a while but from this episode on I'm gonna start let's say from last episode on so season three I'm gonna start transcribing every week so the transcriptions will be there on the website and maybe sometimes I'll use it for other things so that is that so yeah, so um, let's kick into my small wonder of the week. So this week I have been living for my dressing gown, and this is so funny, I don't know if I've said this one before, I might have to be fair, but it's just so, it's so cold just now, where, I'm, where I live just now, or like where I'm living currently um, with my parents, it's been snowing this week, which is great, amazing, love it, the road's not so great, but um I've just been loving being in a cozy dressing gown, and the one I have at home isn't that comfy or cozy because it's like a towel kind of material so it's really good for getting you dry but it's not like, warm and cozy but my mom found this like fluffy cream one I wish you guys could feel it right now in the spare bedroom so she said I could use it and it's so nice it's like actually like a hug 24 7 so I'm just really here for that if I'm being honest a nice dressing guy and glass of white candle it's the perfect night which leads me on to my next thing what I'm engaging with I'm finally back on the reading game um no it's not our January book club I'm having a bit of an issue with that um I will be doing an episode on Midnight Library but I think I'm gonna have to Maybe listen listen to it on Audible or I'm hoping maybe I can... I had a Kindle stored somewhere here, so maybe I can get it on Kindle. Just so weird, I'm giving Kindle another try. i am never been a Kindle gal, never been an eBooks gal, especially not on your laptop. I hate that quality so much. I had a Kindle for a while and I just, I don't know, I just didn't like it. I just really love physical books, but I think for practicality reasons, like financially, sustainably, I probably should start using a Kindle and for traveling purposes, and not that I'm going anywhere right now, but just for like going in a walk or so. I don't know. I just think maybe because I have so many books and I get rid of them so often and it's such a mess. So, really, I should just do that because it would just make my life easier. So, we're giving the Kindles another try. So, update on how I feel about them by the end of this or e readers, but I think it's a Kindle, which sucks because. I don't, I don't want to support Amazon but my mom has it already so I'm not buying anything. It already exists in our lives if you see what I mean. Yeah so as I was saying I'm in the reading game again so I have been reading actually for a book club but it's like my book club with my friends The Institute by Stephen King and I cannot put this book down. This book is like playing with my mind. Um, I definitely do recommend it but it's one of those books that like so intense, so intense. The plot line I mean, it's Stephen King. What, what did I expect? But I've never actually read a Stephen King, I don't think, until now. And yeah, there's so many like squirmy moments, and oh, but I'm getting so near the end and I'm really excited to know how it ends. I'm actually quite impressed because given that I'm studying a lot just now and have a lot on my plate just now, I've read it quite quickly. Um, given the situation the only problem is I've started trying to read before bed and the thing is because like put your screens away right like an hour before bed and I've been trying to do that and people say read in that time but the thing is for me that I get really hooked on books and in stories and in even in poems and I can't put them down and I can't (laughs) so I feel like I'm getting less sleep than I was before my brain is more engaged than ever Either in the story or in my ideas, and like oh, then I'll have like a writing idea inspired by something, and it's just like it's it's not it. So I don't know. And maybe I need to find like story book style. I need books that will like I don't know. I don't want to read something that's not entertaining though. I think I'm just gonna have to start learning to put it down at some point. The same like the other day I was on a break from uni and I was like I don't want to look at a why am I looking at a screen on a break from my screen. So um, I said, oh, I'll just read for a little. And then I really struggled to put the book down when a, the lecture came back on. I did put it off just for everyone listening. So in case any lecturers are listening in, I did put it down, but it was a real struggle. So yeah, I definitely recommend it if that's your kind of vibe because it is definitely pretty intense. I wouldn't say it's gory so much. Like, I don't know. I think there's something... Well, I'm quite an overactive imagination kind of gal, so I suppose for me it's quite kind of it's a little bit graphic but not really but um that's just my brain and um but it's not like watching a Stephen King film because obviously of the soundtrack and stuff so it's not so bad yeah so that is what i'm engaging with right now it's all i'm really engaging with right now okay up next our poem of the week okay so this one is actually never find a poem so perfect for an episode in my whole life so shout out to um womenshockeylife.com i will of course link the poem down below and if i can contact the poet i will and find out their their info for you all um so i believe that the poet's name is na Nata- see the thing is it's like natalie but it's with an h so i never know how you say that Nathalie maybe. It might just be Natalie, I suppose, or Nathalie and then Stapley. So, yeah. And she wrote her poem is just, I believe it's just called Equality Poem. And uh, she is an ice hockey, well, this is an ice hockey website. Maybe she's an ice hockey player, maybe she's not. I I don't know. But um, I do know that this is an ice hockey website, which is pretty cool, because that's what we're going to be talking about. So there we are. And WHL is women's hockey life so pretty cool stuff so let's kick off into the poem hi all just Kirsty jumping in here as per usual to give you our charity spot of the week so this week um the charity chosen by our guest Essie is um Cats Protection which is at cats.org.uk and it's in loving memory of her beautiful cat um, Felix so we send our love and condolences to Essie as this is a recent loss for their family and we send so much love to all of them so Cats Protection has loads of different things on its website which is very cool so you can adopt a cat via Cats Protection Um, you can meet up with them and help them find they'll help you find your right cat And yeah, so they just make sure that cats are rehomed and um, looked after and protected. So why adopt a cat from Cats Protection? You get a healthy check from the vet. Um, They get worming treatment, vaccinations, neutering where appropriate, and the option of a four weeks free pet plan insurance, which is amazing. Um, And they have so much information about cats and kittens and what you need to know about adopting and having a cat and any advice you might need whilst you have a cat and all these kind of things and all these different things um so they're a very cool charity obviously they need funding to keep the cats looked after and it says here we help around 200,000 cats and kittens every year through our network of over 230 volunteer from branches and 36 centers so you could always get involved and volunteer with them or um yeah donate fundraise for them check them out they've got publications help and advice section education and uh, they want to make sure that cats don't become abandoned and are looked after properly so highly recommend checking it out if you are somebody who's also gone through a loss of a cat recently they do have a grief and loss section which is absolutely amazing and very very Sweet. um they've got cat guardians which is um aimed at giving peace of mind to cat owners concerned about what might happen if they were to pass away before their cat which obviously could happen and um yeah and they've also got a paws protect service which provides a retreat for pets of those going into a refuge from domestic violence situations that's in that's amazing i love that so they are absolutely gorgeous and the cats. Sorry, a picture of a cat, so that's why I said that. And I really think you should check them out, donate to them, sponsor a cat, do what you can. Even just, just shout them out. Or if you're thinking about getting a cat, look into adopting. Um, why not? And again, we're sending all our love to Essie um for the loss of her dear Felix. So yeah, thank you. Enjoy the rest of the episode. <clears throat> Equality poem. What do I stand for? all of us always asked I didn't know it before I searched for the door I didn't have and later the key walked to me sports are a way to get the bricks off your back you play because you love it but there's something it lacks and it's not athletes that aren't fit it's neither the commit the women in sport don't get enough support the men work hard and get money yet the women's cases look less sunny and it seems like they are the last resort They don't get paid and it's not fair, they both skate on a blade and work hard every day, but the NHL for women seems rare. Equality in women's and men's sports needs to change so that female athletes getting paid more can be arranged, because the men's paycheck is a million times higher even if women have more desire. Give the money, give the money, give the money. Female sport deserves more than what they are given. The change in women's sport might be slow like honey, but I hope one day they will give in and see that it's wrong to not pay women, but pay men. Yeah, so that is the poem by um, Nathalie. I'm going to go with that pronunciation. Stapley and um you can find it at womenshockeylife.com and I called a quality poem and it will be linked in the show notes okay so before we get into the interview with Essie um just a quick positive news story I actually this is from a while ago but I just thought it was cool so I thought I'd share it now it's literally from like last summer I think but Oh, well, we're going to share. I saw it on social media recently and I thought that's as cool. It's related to recent things. Um, It's related to the episode, sorry. So I thought, why not um, talk about it? So that is what we're doing. Okay, so now we're going to kick into the interview with Essie. Just a little about Essie before we get started um essie is a dear friend of mine she is a killer female athlete she um has played ice hockey since she was 15 and she grew up in finland she's been part of the youth olympics and there'll be a little bit more on that and played at the youth olympics will be a little bit more on that um, in the episode and she also is currently working with the um olympic committee which is very cool in switzerland so yeah, um, and we met through field hockey. So just for reference, when i um, talking about hockey, sometimes we will be talking about ice hockey and sometimes we will be talking about field hockey. It'll be pretty clear like which is which um, because we played field hockey together and I've never played ice hockey, nor do I think I ever could absolute credits to the people who do but I I don't I can't stand up on ice. But yeah please enjoy this episode with Essie. Hello Essie and uh, welcome to the pod it's great to uh, see you well virtually see you and uh, chat with you today how are you?
1: Hi nice to see you it's been a long time has I'm all right
0: how are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, living the lockdown life as per usual, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Other than that, that's as we too bad. are. So, um, we'll just kick it off with some qu- the questions. So, the first question is for people who don't know or don't know you very well. How did you um, get into ice hockey originally? How did you find ice hockey? I suppose.
1: So, well, I suppose I have quite a not so traditional way mm-hmm. being someone from Finland, but um, obviously I I did the classic started skating when I was two years old sort of thing, just because that's what we did when I grew up. Um, but in terms of hockey, you know, I didn't really get into it until I was in my teens, because I associated it with PE and I hated PE in school, because mm-hmm. that's what we used to do when it was winter. So then I got to some like a teenager age and I was sort of trying to find something new. I think I was trying to find my place because I didn't really have anything that was my thing.
0: Okay. yeah. And I, I had agree.
1: watched hockey. Yeah. Like I had watched hockey a lot. Like my dad was really into it and I was like, oh, do you know, maybe I should try it. Like I know how to skate. Maybe maybe I should get into it. And um, so I went into a team trial, didn't get in, was very discouraged. And then thought to myself now nah, I'm gonna go for another team like let's just try and managed to get in and um basically after that it was just that was it I found my sport even though it was late but I found it and I stuck with it.
0: Nice well better late than never so I always say so
1: yeah <laughs>
0: <Very> <laughs> so true. um obviously ice hockey sometimes is perceived like a lot of sports I suppose nowadays as quite a like masculine sport which is like a load of crap really but um so have you ever experienced (laughs) any sexism not necessarily just in ice hockey but just in sport in general have you ever had any experiences with sexism even if you've seen even if it's not to you personally but to someone else and you've been like their witness to it I suppose
1: oh yeah for sure loads of times I think particularly in a sport that is so Mm -hmm. masculine and like dominated by males you know I experience it all the time, probably not so much now that I play more with a female team only, but especially when I was starting, you know, it comes across mostly in sort of, you're a female playing in a male sport. So they Mm -hmm. don't see you as a player. They see you as a girl who's playing our sport so you're not you're not an athlete in the same sense that they look at their other teammates and you hear a lot of things like oh you're good for a girl or oh you're Mm. not good because you're a girl you know it always comes across as as your you know sex is defining the the sort of athlete Mm -hmm. that you are and unfortunately that means you know a lot of opportunities go missed I've had teammates who've been picked for things who I would say were not better than me by any means but they were male so they were seen Mm. as people who have more of an opportunity to get better whereas I was just a girl playing the game if you know what I mean so for sure I see myself all the time I see it with teammates it happens all the time and I think you know at any level in the sport unfortunately because we are so male dominant it just Uh, girls go through a lot when they play male dominant sports (laughs) yeah no
0: I just remember as well like playing I played football a little bit growing up and I remember as well if you ever if you ever kind of like pegged the ball between a boy's legs or if you ever did something that was quite good instead of being like congratulations and being like well done you like great play which they would do if it was a guy they'd go oh my god I can't believe you just got pegged by a girl I can't believe this just by a girl and I was like what is that? So irrelevant, like uh, driving. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I know it's crazy. It's so crazy a, a problem. Um. So if you could talk to your younger self when you were just starting sport, what would you say? So you were like, you said you were about fifteen. Is there yeah. any kind of advice now, looking back, now that you've been in the game for a while and have learned to love the sport the way you do? Is there anything that you would say? Maybe even to yourself when you were so dis- disheartened from the first. Um, the first team? I would say do not listen to anyone because I
1: think I would have started hockey a lot earlier if I didn't listen to people Mm -hmm. because I associated it with PE in a a negative way purely because in PE we were made to feel like you can't play as a girl and it was this sort of thing like oh well the boys are going to play a game now you guys just sort of skate around and learn how to whole mystic sort of thing yeah like it was very much sort of a they can play you just you just do whatever so I think if I had learned not to listen to anyone Mm -hmm. I would have definitely picked it up earlier and just in general don't think that you can't do something because they're telling you that that this is a male sport and if I had known that or you know thought the way I think now I would have never, you know, hesitated in my own ability because I think when, especially when you're that age and you, you don't see females like you who mm-hmm. may be coming in later or you don't see females in general in the sport, it's quite hard to sort of like grab onto opportunities because you, you start to doubt yourself. So I definitely tell my younger self to just, just don't listen, just go and do, play, Yeah, you'll be fine. Like, nice for
0: sure. <laughs> yeah I definitely think representation is a big thing that is so important because yeah. when you see somebody else doing it that looks like you then that makes you go oh okay like that's actually an option whereas when you never see that it's it's, it's so much harder because it's like the bravery thing isn't it of like oh I can yeah. I be the first person to do that, and how will that work out? So, um, kind of going along those lines more. Um, why do you think the media does? I mean, this is just a this is a big question. But why do you think the media yeah. does focus on um, focus so little on women in sport? I feel like it's something that has become so prominent. Like the especially like I know in America, the whole WNBA were very involved in like trying to get Trump out of um administration and things like that. But it, it was nowhere to be seen apart from maybe like your Twitter feed the same with like women's rugby women's ice hockey like you just don't see it in the same way like you don't ever see it on like BBC2 or something like that's on the red button at best so I just wonder what your thoughts are.
1: I think this is so rooted in somewhere in our like society and the way they we Mm -hmm. think we just don't hold women's sport to the same platform as we do with males, and I spoke about this actually with um, our university's hockey association a while back, um on their podcast, and it needs to come from the bigger people because if if say male you know leagues these bigger leagues would promote the, their women's yeah. teams you know a lot of fem- a lot of sort of male professional teams have a female team, but these male teams don't talk about them they don't promote their games they don't promote their you know fixtures nothing. And that just feeds into the ideology that we all have mm-hmm. that women's sport isn't the same as men's sport. And I think that's just unfortunately the way our society works. Like, obviously, there's people who are really, really pushing for it and passionate about it. But when the majority don't see, you don't yeah. also hold value to it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it needs yeah. to come from somewhere that has influence on the way that people think and look at sport and, you know, engage with sport, like, mm-hmm. for example, if, if, if somebody has, you know, this, is, especially in hockey, there's a lot of men who just don't think that the women's game holds any value because it's not as aggressive or whatever. If they never have it on their feeds that, oh, wait, this this major league team actually has a women's team as well playing, say, before the men's game. They're, not, they're never going to hear about it. So Yeah, if it's not advertised, yeah.
0: how will people know? Yeah, yeah and that's exactly. also,
1: they're not going to change their mindset about women's sport. You know, it needs to be out there. But I think also, like, it just flows into the fact that we don't have enough finances for the women's mm-hmm. game in a lot of sports, you know. Because there's not that interest, companies aren't investing into the broadcasting rights or, you know, they're not investing in the
0: game. It's like a vicious circle. Again,
1: yeah, it's just such it, honestly this is probably like way beyond of what I know but yeah, mm-hmm. I def, it's it's definitely some rooted in our the way we think about yeah. sports I think.
0: Sometimes I think as well we could all be a little bit more like a, like Andy Murray like when he was asked yeah. oh uh, oh aren't you like the highest paid I can't even remember the interview but where it was like oh aren't you like the Person that's done this the most times ever. And he was like, no, actually Serena Williams has done it before me, and yeah. she's Venus Williams. And I was like, if other male athletes, because they do have a, this big platform, yeah, took it on themselves to be like, oh, hey, like this is um, like these people are killing it too. Like, check them out. Then people who idolize them might go, oh, well, if they think they're good, then the same with I yeah. think I think WNBA is a bigger thing than it used to be, but I still think sometimes like people who idolize people in the NBA I think if they yeah. shouted out a team that they liked then that would because people idolize them so they're gonna like follow their every word so I totally yeah I totally get what you're saying so I guess going along those lines a little bit more what are some places you know of that are actually taking a stand for equality in sport is there any places that you're kind of aware of that are starting to make these changes and make these uh like even it just not even big steps but even little steps towards hopefully a bigger goal in the end do you know of anywhere that is kind of doing that
1: well going from what you mentioned about andy murray and and Mm -hmm. tennis they i know they are one of the only sports who really managed to sort of reach Mm -hmm. that gap more so than anyone else you know a lot of the tournaments females and males get paid the same price um and in that way sort of you know, making the game a little bit equal. Unfortunately, in team sports, you we can't see that that much. Um, But if we're thinking of global scale, I know the International Olympic Committee has mm-hmm. balanced out the amount of um, female and male athletes. Nice. So they're in that way trying to make things a little bit more equal. So athletes are represented equally mm-hmm. in the games, there's not more males or females. Um, and on a more local scale, I know that um, especially in ice hockey in the UK, you know, we've got a lot of female-only teams that have mm-hmm. been started up and we're trying really hard to promote the female game. We're trying to yes. get the bigger men's leagues involved. Um, I know there is a new women's team in Leeds. And um, obviously Edinburgh has the Steel Queens and mm-hmm. we're, you know, first we female teams, So hopefully if, you know, we give that representation to other girls out there, then we'll sort of yeah, get the ball Yeah, grow and grow.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that. Ace, yeah, I know that they yeah, are another sport. I mean, I'm just going to shout out my own sport. I know that triathlon yeah. <laughs> it's quite gender equal because they, because well, it's, it's that thing though, isn't it? That it's because it's individual. Yeah. It seems to make a difference than when it's a team sport because triathlon is individual. Like, And it's probably not as popular as other larger sports that when it is the Olympics, you get the same amount of coverage for like the women's and the men's, the same prize money, the same Ironman and things like that. So it's all, and like the people that I could name are male and female because there's kind of more of an equal playing field. Yeah. So it's interesting that is more, it's almost easier when it's individual. I don't know if that's maybe because there's less people involved in some ways like in terms of the athletes so. and the athletes yeah. I suppose, kind of go out and make their own sponsorship sometimes whereas yeah. as a team you can't really do that on the same scale you can't be like oh do you want to support our team whereas as a new like individual athlete you can be like oh do you want to sponsor me because there's a lot less oh yeah involved in that so that is interesting but I do think that kind of makes it more problematic because you do think that oh a team should be it should be easier to be more equal like it makes more sense but um so do you have a a favorite sporting memory do you have a favorite moment like in ice hockey or just like in sports in general do you have a a memory Um, that like really sticks out to you
1: probably all my memories are with ice hockey I mean I did play football (laughs) and I danced when I was little but I can't really remember anything yeah (laughs) um when it comes to my own sporting memory um we won women's national mm-hmm. championships in 2019. And that was not just because we won it, but that was the first time our team competed mm-hmm. um, after forming. And, you know, we were sort of the underdogs, but people knew that we were really good. And it just, you know, everyone wanted to hate us and they wanted us to lose. So it felt so great that when we actually won, you know, it was like, okay, this team was formed we didn't have that many players That we grew mm-hmm. you know won all these games and yeah that was definitely one of the best moments and it, I feel like it almost like put into one you know situation my entire uni hockey career because that was sort of something I was waiting for Um, so that's definitely
0: my own personal sport nice. memory that's yeah that sticked with me Amazing. Um, what advice would you give to all women who do sports right now? I know of course everyone is struggling right now to play sports at all yeah. given the coronavirus situation yeah. but I suppose you could say something in regards to like training how you can now but also just more generally when things do return to some level of normalcy. I would
1: say don't be afraid to demand more than you're given
0: mm-hmm.
1: because you're not necessarily given what you deserve to be getting whether you're individual I think maybe more so when you're an individual athlete because you know you you have to get everything yourself most of the time yeah team players you sort of have team staff situations but if you feel like you're not being given what your male teammates or you know any other people around you are de- like demand for more because you deserve the exactly same opportunities you deserve the exactly same you know connections coaches um resources um and i think you know because we sometimes feel like we're not equal we don't mm-hmm. ask for more so every single female athlete out there just needs to you know remember that you're equal and you can ask for what you deserve
0: nice yeah know your own worth yeah absolutely perfect and then just to end off because you spoke a little bit about uni sports and obviously we met at uni for people that don't know yeah um so do you think sport can sometimes become problematically elitist particularly in universities i'm not necessarily in the university we went to but more like in mm. general in university sport
1: yeah oh yeah I think I think even we probably Mm. saw it when we played hockey you know oh yeah you get people like I think for me I obviously I didn't grow up in the UK and I didn't Mm -hmm. you know like all the schools where I went to were the same like you didn't have private and public schools Mm -hmm. but when I came over here and I started Unisport I noticed very much that that there's a big divide between people coming from different types of schools. And especially if there's a certain school that has sort of a certain status, those people then transitioning to uni sort of hold themselves in a different space and maybe mm-hmm. think of them in a different space. And especially when it comes to sports like, you know, hockey or netball or whatever that you've probably done in school and then transitioned to mm-hmm. uni, you definitely see that those people who come from certain state schools come mm-hmm. and do the sport in a uni, they, they very much form cliques, I feel, and yeah. they very much think that, you know, they have a different sort of starting point to the, the people that don't come from there or start the sport or, you know. Um, and I think that can be problematic in a lot of ways, you know, not only just in terms of the, the sport itself and how the team is going, but, you know, just relationship between people. Yeah, It shouldn't come from that sort of, you know, mindset, but it definitely does. Um, And I'm not sure where it comes from, but, you know, it's very
0: noticeable, I think. Yeah, I um, think it can be a hard thing as well because sometimes when there is women coming into university it's almost like you're given this new lease of life in a way because you've grown up right in a public school or a private school depending typically like from my experience I went to a public school and typically like if you wanted to play sport in public school like you had to put the time and the effort in and you had to say you wanted to do it nobody like yeah occasionally like for example for hockey like my PE teacher did say to me hey you're quite good at this like you should join our school team and then from there I like went to a club and things like that but even in that situation as like a teenager I experienced this um this divide in the club training because well uh-huh. a it was kind of like one of those because club training is private and public schools and it's also oh. it's not cheap to go to club training yeah. and i'm very fortunate in the way like i'm fortunate in my life that my parents could afford for me to go but i know mm-hmm. other people who couldn't and they were better than like i hanstein will say they were better than me and a lot of the other people there but straight away you noticed the people who were playing in the club the clubs like would be often the they would be divided into teams mm. and it, this is where it gets really problematic you'd be divided into a public school and a private school team and I was like are we for real and it's like how can you ever grow your confidence because we're yeah. all women in this sport and this was like an all-women's hockey team and I was like how am I supposed to grow my confidence and my ability to do this when I'm kind of being shot down because I don't go to the school and it was just yeah. like one of those things that I find like very difficult because I was like well I can't I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ever go to that school and you would know I noticed like they'd be the ones playing for Scotland they'd be the ones getting mm. into these bigger national teams so it almost seems like they have like a fast track Not to say that people who go to public schools can't play for Scotland because absolutely can. And I have some great friends who did, but it's just so much harder. It's made so much harder because they're given more time for their training, especially in their school. They're given more resources, more equipment. And I think that's something that really shines through at uni because then when you go, you're like, I'm living alone or I'm living like without my parents I can try something new maybe I can get good at a sport that I did when I was younger and I just didn't have the confidence but then sometimes yeah. I feel like you can be quite shot down I have to say like I've definitely noticed worse unis than the one that we went to fortunately yeah unfortunately <laughs> but fortunately for us and um, straight away you see that divide and I did know yeah. people who tried, were aware, and would try and break that divide who were from either private or public schools. And I thought that's amazing that they're recognizing that this mm-hmm. is a problem. But it is always that thing where, like, if you don't feel welcome, then you're not going to keep going. And these people could end up yeah. being really good professional players. But if they don't feel like they have a place, especially in a team sport, you're, why are you yeah. going to keep showing up? So I do think that's something that it's almost like there's a bit of a fast track that kind of continues through uni they can or they expect things not everyone yeah. like that oh, is a generalization but i think often it can become elitist and people think oh well i'm going to get into this team like straight away and yeah. you're just kind of like oh, i don't i'm just showing up like <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah. i don't even have a stick like i don't know <laughs> so yeah i definitely think it's one of those things um but no it is yeah it's, it's something that just needs work because I think if, if women supported each other more within their own sports, which I think is something that you are so amazing at doing in ice hockey and I've seen like you do that with your fellow teammates and I think that makes such a large difference to those people, especially if they're new to a sport. Right. To be welcomed in and to be like yeah. told like, hey, you'll get there even if they're brand new, to be told, oh, like, don't worry, you'll get there is such a nice thing that makes someone go, oh, okay, like. Because then if you stand together, then it's easier to stand in the face of, like, inequality. Do you know know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and I think that's why we made the Edinburgh Women's Team, because we wanted women. It doesn't, it didn't matter, like, to this day, this Duke Queens isn't about what experience level you've come from. You know, we've got people who've come from North America, played to extremely, extremely good High school or or college level, we've got people who've um, represented Team GB, but they're also playing with people who've literally never been in the ice before, never held a stick, and it it doesn't matter. And that's why we wanted to do it because a lot of us who've who've played hockey and and other sports um, in uni, particularly, we've experienced not being made to feel very welcome. And I think that's why we really wanted to do this. So you're absolutely right. If women supported more
0: Mm -hmm. within
1: the sport, you know. It would make a huge difference to the way that women's sport go on because we can't just expect you know men to support us as well obviously we need to have that equality but i think in in women's sport within women's sport we need more more support from each other as well because at the end of the day everyone's doing the sport because they love to do the sport hopefully anyway and and you know there shouldn't be that sort of almost like a jealousy and competition Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Between people, yeah, you know,
0: or like a weird stigma, they're new, yeah, been doing it a while. Yeah, I definitely get you, yeah, well, or
1: like, perfect. oh, I had the opportunities, and
0: yeah, you know, good for you, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, it was that uh, lovely to talk to you, and thank you to everyone at home who's listening. And uh, don't forget to check out Fancy Blather on Instagram. At Fancy Blather and check out our website www.fancyblather.com. Thank you for coming, SA. It was lovely to chat with you. Bye. Thank you for having me. No Bye. worries. Bye.